Life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Hey, g'day there, fellow humans. Mark LeBusque here for the Simply Practically Human podcast, the uh, Friday edition, the short, sharp one. Hey, I wanted to start today... Good shout out to a good mate of mine. I know he'll be listening because he he often listens and then he sends me some little cryptic message. I think it's a bit of a piss take, but also he might even enjoy some of these uh, Trevor Frost. So Frosty, if you're having a listen, mate, I just wanted to share our little conversation from this week, just quickly around why words matter. And then I'm going to get onto the topic today about vulnerability. So um, we're having a chat on the phone the other day. I ring Trev up. I'm heading out to run a two-day program for a client of mine and uh, give him an early morning call and uh, he answers the phone and about 10 minutes into the conversation, for some reason he says, I was nearly going to call you the other day. I said, what, nearly going to call me? And he just, as Trev does, he's got this funny little laugh. He had a little chuckle to himself and he goes, yeah, that's pretty shit, isn't it? Like, I was nearly going to call you. What what does that even mean? So, um, Frosty, if you want to think back through those words. I don't even know what it means, but maybe next time you should say, I was going to call you um, rather than I, I nearly, I was nearly going to call you. It's a bit like when we say, I should have. It's a bit like when we say, I would have, or probably, that's my kryptonite, that word probably. It's a bit like when we say, sorry to say this before we say something, or maybe to be honest, or with respect. So Trevor, thank you for this week's lesson. And um, for anyone who's about to have a conversation with someone, just be careful you don't put some of those, what I call those bubble wrap words in that sort of protect you from things just in case things don't go how you want. But that's not today's topic because um, for those who are subscribed to my newsletter, my Mark's Musings newsletter, which comes out every two weeks on a Wednesday, and if you're not, go to my website, www.marklabus.com under blog, you can sign up. I won't try and sell you any steak knives or anything like that, you'll get some, um, I hope, some provocative musings each fortnight. Unless you'll also get some other bits and pieces. You'll get a link to my latest podcast that you can have a listen to as well. But join the um, subscribers and uh, and you might just every couple of weeks get something worth having a read of or maybe shit. I don't know. Either way. But that's up to you to decide, not me. So this week's um, musing or provocation was about vulnerability and this whole idea of is your vulnerability conditional, convenient, forced, fake, authentic? Like, what is it? And um, I guess I've gone there because, like, vulnerability has become one of the big things and we know the great work of Brene Brown, the great TED Talk that she did, fantastic to listen to. But like anything, once something gathers a bit of momentum rolling down the hill, it just goes out of control. And I think from my view that one of the things that's happened is vulnerability has gone a bit out of control. And it's a bit like a lot of other words that have become popular in the workplace. They serve their purpose really well for a while. Then all of a sudden people start to, I think, manipulate the use of them. I think they start to look at the intention or the lack of intention of why they're using that sort of stuff and why they're talking about being vulnerable. And it actually starts to show up where 
it's been funny that I've had some responses back already from the newsletter that came out yesterday about people going, yeah, I've spotted that. I've spotted that conditional and that convenient vulnerability, and it absolutely stands out like you know what. So I think it's really important for us to have a bit of a think about this, about this topic. And I love this quote that I read about vulnerability from a psych article, which says, vulnerability is a sacrifice of comfort of the ego, allowing yourself to be potential prey to the emotional velociraptors. It's pretty strong. So have a bit of a think about this from your own point of view and from the point of view at looking at others. And I think we've got to start with ourselves because I reckon there's a whole lot of people that have got onto the the bandwagon of conditional and convenient vulnerability to be doing it for them to make progress rather than to do it to allow others to understand them more. So here's some things to think about. Those super vulnerable people who are walking around with the big V on their chest, are they really sacrificing comfort? Are they really truly being penetrable at an emotional level? And are they showing you and telling you exactly who they are? Or is there something else going on? Are they being selectively open? Are they looking at this sort of situation from a, what can I get out of this? More so than what can someone else get out of this? And one of the things I do say, and I I think I've seen this a lot, and look, I think I'm actually guilty of this at times in my work that I do. I read an article yesterday there was sort of a bit of a, a backhanded swipe at facilitators, consultants, leadership development types. That we've got to be really, really careful that we're not imposing on others to be vulnerable when they don't want to be. There is even vulnerability in saying, I don't want to share. And maybe that's the strongest vulnerability of all when you're put in a situation where there's some pressure being put on you from a third party to be vulnerable in the room because you've gone to some leadership development program, maybe like the human manager experience, and rather than bucking the system, you just go along with it and you share some sort of story and it might send you into really a bit of an emotional roller coaster, or you might be able to do it and act like you've gone into that but you haven't really. So for others that are like myself who do some of this work, be very, very careful that we're not forcing vulnerability on others because a lot of times they will fake it and it's okay for them to say no. In fact, that could be the most vulnerable that someone could become in a program that you're running. So what does it mean to be conditionally and conveniently vulnerable? Well, I sort of look at it and I think to myself, I like the idea of us sharing our hobbies and interests and perhaps our worldviews and And we might take that as being vulnerable to a certain extent, but I do wonder if that's real vulnerability or we're doing it because it's convenient for us because vulnerability has become a bit of a KPI, I think, in businesses. We don't actually have it on a KPI sheet, but my sense is that some organisations, some managers have grabbed hold of it and And they're wanting people to show that vulnerability. So they're not too worried about the quality of the vulnerability. They're more interested in the quantity of it. 
and how much are we getting? And, and perhaps for for those managers, one of the things they could think about here, fellow humans, is why are you doing that? Are you doing it because it's conditional in some way for you to be seen as a manager who's embracing the vulnerability of others? So it actually, in some respects, creates that humanization of you. Or are you doing it because you learned it at some program you went to and you came back and you were inspired by a video that you watched or whatever else happened in the room. So you're deciding that this is the new shiny thing. And I think there has been a real shininess about vulnerability. And I think the shininess is starting to rub off because it is being forced in some respects it is being treated as a KPI or a competition. I've seen that myself where somebody shares a story, it might be the first person, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, shit, I'm not going next. My story's not as good as that one. Or someone starts to tell a story and says something like, I, I don't know that, I don't know if this is right or not, but this is my story. And then, you know, we're making judgments about whether their story's right or wrong. We are, by nature, prone to compare and I think this is something we shouldn't compare because some people may well be comfortably comfortable in sharing a story because they've shared it quite a few times. And it could even be a story that like, is quite deep, but because they've practiced that vulnerability, that real authentic vulnerability to share that as a way to understand that it's not a big issue for them, but someone else, it could be the most horrendous, horrific, scary moment in their lives and they share something and other people are like, well, that wasn't much. So just be really careful around that side of things. I always look at vulnerability a bit like getting into a swimming pool. And I think I've shared this before, that you got to sort of test your temperature here, fellow humans. You need to dip the toe in, perhaps if you're a little bit concerned about the temperature. So you don't want to go too far into the pool but you'll dip your toe in the first time. You'll get a bit of a sense of how hot or cold it is and you'll sort of stay at that space and that's okay. Or the second thing is you may walk down the steps and you'll go a bit deeper into it, but you'll stop in the moment and you'll adapt to the temperature. And adapting to the temperature in this space could be based upon how much you're prepared to share. And that's okay because you might be able to share at your ankles and then you might walk down and you'll be in at your knees and then you might be in there at your waist, but you'll do that over a period of time and you won't do it because someone told you to do the last one, which is dive in head first. And I, I really caution against that from two perspectives. One is you may not be ready for that. And secondly, the people that are listening to you may not be ready for it either. So just be really, really conscious about how you're entering what I call the pool of vulnerability. Don't be conditional and convenient. Don't look at it that way that there's going to be something in it for you, that it's some sort of game that you're playing and you're gaming the crowd and you can sort of see in some respects it's that shitty side of manipulation because I think there's a good side, but there's this shitty side of manipulating others to get them to where you want them to be, which is thinking that, oh, my goodness, look how... Um, vulnerable Mark is when what Mark's really doing is looking to gain some sort of advantage or better their position or standing in someone else's eyes. It's not about you. It's about the other people. It's about them understanding what's going on. Don't be forced into it because 
I think that will create that level of conditional vulnerability. Don't be fake about it because we've all got good bullshit detectors. And, you know, I've heard some amazing stories of vulnerability, some that I, I can't share here. And I've heard some pretty shitty ones where somebody gets up and they've been, they've drunk the Kool-Aid, they've watched the video and they've decided now it's my turn because I'm going to get some sort of kudos out of that. But I think what happens with those ones is people can feel it and you can sort of feel it when someone's has done it very much in a well-scripted way and you can also feel it when it's not so scripted and that it's coming from the heart and the guts and maybe not from the head. So if you're a faker on vulnerability, you'll get caught out. Believe me, it will absolutely catch you out. And over time, it'll be like a bit of like the old boy or the girl who cried wolf. The story will be, it'll be there, but people will be like, underneath it all as their bullshit detectors are going rampant, be like, oh, here we go again. Here comes Mark with his vulnerable story again. So think about this. It's important that you understand how others see you when you are practicing vulnerability from that authentic place or from the conditional or convenience place. But more importantly, it's how you see yourself. Like, have you really put the walls up? Have you really put the armor on, but you're trying to fake it to say that you haven't? Or are you being selectively open to the crowd? And do you pick that crowd depending and the story that you use depending upon the crowd that you're with? And I guess the last part here is, do you look into the vulnerability mirror? Because if you're not, somebody else is looking hard into your vulnerability mirror and they will see the bullshit and they will smell the bullshit and they will hear the bullshit. And I think it will impact upon the relationships, the connection, that sense of belonging, that sense of empathy, the sense of compassion, those, all those things that when we don't fake it, when we don't make it conditional, when we don't make it convenient, can create truly magical moments for you and the people that you work with. So there you go. Hey, if you love this one, short and sharp, big topic, rate it five stars. Leave us a little message about why you loved it. If you didn't love it, leave us a message as well. If you think it's bullshit, leave us a message. If you liked it, share it with your friends. Share it within your group. Why don't you um, play this little short, sharp one at a meeting at some point in time and then have a conversation about it and say, what is it like when we're practicing unconditional, well-intended vulnerability? When I say practicing, it's not really like practicing. It just happens. And what's it like when we're doing the old conditional, convenient, faking stuff. What's it like when we're forcing vulnerability onto others? How does it feel for you if it's done to you? Use these little podcasts as a way to start conversation in your workplace or maybe outside your workplace. But until next time, keep it simple, keep it practical, and keep it human. Bye for now. Bye.